This is the WP Elevation Podcast, helping WordPress consultants elevate. G'day, I'm Troy Dean from WP Elevation, and I'm very thrilled to have with me all the way from Oklahoma, Corey Miller from iThemes. Hey, Corey, how are you, man? Hey, Troy, good. Thanks for having me on the show. Absolute pleasure. Now, for those that don't know, Corey and I have just been through quite a technical uh um, uh, challenge. Uh, <laughs> Skype didn't work for some reason. So we're recording, we're actually ScreenFlow recording this in FaceTime. Corey and I are on FaceTime at the moment and we're using ScreenFlow to capture it. So, hey, Corey, thank you so much for persevering with that technical stuff that uh, that we just went through. <laughs> uh, technical problems follow with me. So this is just part for the course. Thanks for putting up with this. Yes, I just, uh, it's the cloud around me. It's one of the things though about being an entrepreneur, isn't it? That, um, you know, I, it, I imagine there were a lot of moments in that last 10 minutes where one of us could have gone, you know what, it's just all too hard, don't worry about it. But there's something about that entrepreneurial spirit that is like, no, 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 where most people will give up, we are determined to find a way to make this work, yeah? Oh, yeah. Never <laughs> give up, persevere. There's always a new challenge with entrepreneurs. Yeah. Adapt or die, right? Exactly, man. Awesome. Um, we're going to talk about all things WordPress and iThemes very soon, but uh, very quickly, quick competition announcement. Uh, we're, Corey has very kindly sponsored a dev pack of the Builder product, which is a awesome uh, WordPress theme builder product you should check out at iThemes.com. We're going to give away a copy of that a little bit later on, so stick around for details on how you can enter that competition. Okay, Corey Miller, when you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? So the first thing I tell people... Uh, that I wanted to be when I grew up was uh, a, a truck driver. I wanted to, and, and my reason was uh, my grandfather had a friend that came up with a big, you know, you, you know what I'm talking about, those, you've got those in Australia, those big diesel, yeah. like long haul trucks. Yeah. And this thing was decked out, man. It had a sleeper, <laughs> it had all kinds of like the latest wizardry. I mean, I'm not sure if it had a CD player in it, but it had something pretty cool, you know, whatever yeah. predated the CD player. Yeah, and uh, my thought was, I just want to see the United States. I want to drive. I love driving, and so I remember um, wanting to be a truck driver. Awesome. And when did you discover the web? So, it, 1994 was the year I graduated high school, and uh, but I didn't know it was the web, Troy. So, um, but I got with my high school graduation money, I got my first Mac computer, and um, it came with a CD of AOL. <laughs> I had no idea, but what I was doing, um, I was just connecting with people all over the world. And so, uh, 1994. Then in 1998-ish, I bought my domain name, CoreyMiller.com, and I uh, used Claire's homepage to start publishing what, at the time, um, I know you, I know you know all my dark secrets, Troy. But um, <laughs> at the time, I was uh, writing a humor column. And uh, for the newspaper I was working for, and I wanted to publish those and be able to send those to everybody. And so uh, 94 is really that start time, but 98 is when I pu- probably like published my first site. Not 98. Did I say wow. Yeah, 98. Wow. That's like, you're a visionary, man. That's like way before everyone else I've spoken to on this podcast. Like, oh, yeah, you know, about 2005, I started putting things up online. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, I hate, I hate that. That's that like party joke. Like I, oh, I was doing stuff. I, I didn't want to say that, but I was, you know, really crudely putting up HTML pages, not knowing what I was doing. So the Wayback Machine would like really uh, embarrass me. Excellent. I'll make sure I put lots of links to that underneath the video in the show notes. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> and um, so do you remember the first time you saw WordPress? So... I'm trying to think timeline. About seven years ago, um, I started a blogger blog, another deep, dark, dirty secret, (laughs) Uh, not even related to what I'm doing now. It was in my career field at the time, and started a blogger blog, and then about three, four months into that, realized I needed something better uh, that I had more control of, and I found this thing called WordPress, and have been in love with that piece of awesome software that's gotten better and better every year since I've used it. Uh, just allowed me to publish my thoughts um, online to the world. That was that was pretty cool. So that's my first kind of like experience with WordPress. Yeah, it's a pretty common story that a lot of the people who are in the WordPress space now as entrepreneurs and, and business owners started out using WordPress to publish their own uh, their own blog or their own thoughts and then kind of thought, hey, I can use this to do this for other 
clients and then, hey, I can build products on this platform and turn this into a real business. That's a pretty, uh, a pretty common thread. So how do you describe what you do in one sentence today? When you meet someone for the first time, they say, what do you do? How do you describe it? What's your elevator pitch, so to speak? Yeah, it's a, that, that's a great question. Um, I, for different audiences, it's different. For people that don't know um, technology or WordPress and all that kind of stuff, I say, we build software for web designers. Um, you know, our fuzzy mission statement is how I'd probably answer that, make people's lives awesome. I believe uh, the job of the entrepreneur is to make life better for people. And so our mission at iThemes and everything I do as an entrepreneur is how do we help people uh, make their lives awesome, better, easier, faster, uh, do things for cheaper so they can make their lives and enrich their lives and make it better. So I, I guess I'm, does that suffice for your answer? Yeah, Two things it's, like it's the uh, professional I'm in a d- dinner party statement and then uh, kind of our overall fuzzy, warm you know, yeah. mission. Yeah, that's good. Um, what, so talking about what today, what you do and I, we're going to go back in history a little bit in, in, in a little moment, but talking about what you do today at iThemes, what, do you, what does Corey Miller actually spend most of your time doing day to day? I have been so blessed and fortunate at iThemes to be able to recruit and develop a, an amazing team that helps me focus on the things that I do best. We're big about focusing on your strengths and not your weaknesses. So we hire people that are stronger in areas that I'm not. I don't want carbon copy people of me. So um, thankfully, after five and a half years, we turned six in January, by the way. So um, it's been a transition. But, you know, in the first day, I was doing every single thing, support, emails, (laughs) um, somewhat kind of hacking around at the CSS. Uh, Now, today, they lock me out of that stuff. And um, (laughs) the way we kind of – the metaphor we we, uh, use is that that we're on a ship called iThemes, and um, I am the ship captain. And so my job is to look out on the horizon, make sure that our ship is um, – I point our ship in the right direction and kind of oversee broadly everything that's going on the ship. But uh, now I have great you know, lieutenants, whatever you call that on the ship, uh, Matt, my COO that you met you know, back last year at uh, Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Um, he runs all the activities that happen on the ship, and uh, the team focuses on their job and what they do best, their technicians – and my job is to, to steer the, the ship in the right direction. So how that actually practically um, you know, translates is making sure our products are um, – we're offering products to people that are customers that actually want to buy those. Um, then we're making sure that the products that we already have are getting better and better every single day. And so big picture stuff, steering the ship, you know, um, overseeing some amazing, talented, passionate – people uh, and letting them kind of I create an environment as best I can with Matt's help uh, that lets them thrive on their strengths um, their technical skills for the most part like either coding or design or communication marketing or whatever that is so that's awesome. I'm the ship captain awesome that's <laughs> cool. I like it that's that's a great that's a great way of looking at it um, what's the one thing that keeps you awake at night so if my job is to look on the horizon, you know, um, in five and a half years, almost six now, you know, WordPress has gotten more competitive every single day, at least the market that we play in, the oceans that we play in. And so what keeps me up at night is the fact that we have 22, 23 people whose entire life for the most part is is invested in our business. So we've got husbands, wives that, you know, are the breadwinners of our family. Um, we've got kids now. I think we've we're up to like eight kids in the fa- in the in the iThemes family. And so what keeps me up at night is making sure that we don't I don't run this ship aground. Mm. Um, that I'm continually making it a great environment for people that were uh, profitable. You know, at the end of the day, uh, we want to steer our ship for purpose, but if we don't make a profit, then we're out of business real quick. So what's next on the horizon is always – I'm just always looking out. And then with an eye to the ship and making sure the ship and everything were just kind of synced up. Mm. I made this whole thing about a ship, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funny because well, I was talking at Presnobics. We were at Presnobics this year, and we were there last year. We spent some good time together last year. This year we kind of missed each other for whatever reason. I know. Our, 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 I know our schedules didn't kind of line up. But I was talking at Presnobics to – a lot of WordPress entrepreneurs about uh, 
what I love about building a business, for me, is kind of like building a website. When you build a website, you use all these kind of components and you bring them together to provide something that's greater than the sum of the parts. So it might be some themes, some plugins, some you know different bits and pieces. Building a business is kind of the same thing. It's like you you bring people together, you bring ideas, you bring different skills, and you have to understand cash flow and all this kind of stuff and partnerships and marketing. You bring it all together to build something which is greater than the sum of the parts. So for me, it still yeah. feels like kind of a technical building process. Is that does that is that kind of how it feels for you? Yeah, I you know every single day is learning something new about business and about people, um, customers, team, all that kind of stuff. Partners, uh, it's a learning experience. So yeah, I mean, there's always something new to learn. And the time that you start to get like I know everything is the time you start to die. I think start, <laughs> the time you start to, is the slow descent. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, very much. There's always something new. I, even though I'm this far into my journey, and I felt like I've learned a ton that I want to share with people, I know I've not arrived yet. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. every single day is something new. And that's that's right with the web. I mean, this thing in 2008 was like V1 version one. Yeah. And um, it has transformed our business, all of our businesses, the web in five short years, five and a half, however long the iPhone's been out. I just mm. kind of marked it with when I bought it right before I started iThemes. And so, you know, there's always something like that to learn. Um, customers shift. Uh, they go different ways. They migrate, you know, mm. uh, in, in where they go. And I think there's always something to learn. So just like it, you, you were applying to web is like something always changed within WordPress and web design, mm. like like the phone. There's something always to learn and grow and, and do better. Yeah. Um, okay, so what do you do when you're not working? How do you unwind? How do you switch off and stay sane? Yeah, I, uh, so as you know, Troy, um, we had our first child, uh, our a son back in January, and that, you know, everybody says it's going to completely cha- tra- change your life and everything. We're like all upset. What needs to change about my life? It, <laughs> en- it hasn't enhanced my life. Where uh, coming home, I was rushing in to kind of get ready for all this, and um, Lindsay was like, "You need to kiss your baby first." I was like, <laughs> "That's number one." Uh, my wife, of course, is my number yeah. one partner in life. Is yeah, number yeah, yeah. one, but you know, not missing that. That's changed. I, I not changed, enhanced. Um, what do I do when I'm not um, working? You know, in the background, like you probably you, all of us entrepreneurs. There's a process running all the time thinking about our business. Yeah. But sometimes you kind of let the process run a little bit on, on like just kind of like the background. Yeah. And you push something else to the front. Yeah. And, um, you know, I don't want to be cliche, but that's that's family. Yeah. You know, yeah. spending time with them and thinking about what our future looks like and just savoring every single moment um, with this gift we've been given um, named Callaway. And then, of course, our time together with Lindsay and I. So Yeah. It's not a cliche. I, I, it's not a cliche at all, man. It's a beautiful thing. And, you know, like, screw anyone who says it is a cliche because, it, I mean, for, this is the thing that I, this is the thing that blew me away when I saw you speak at Pressnomics in 2012 is, is the, your kind of greater kind of purpose for what it is you do that was a breath of fresh air for me. And it was one of the reasons I think that I wanted to connect with you at Pressnomics and one of the reasons that I wanted to eventually interview you for this because, you know, you do have this real sense of, why are we doing this? It's not just about selling themes or plugins. Why are we doing this? And it's not just about you and your family, but it's about your staff and how you treat, you consider your staff as family. And it is one big, you know, community thing that you've got going on there. And look, from the outside, people might think, well, that sounds a bit kind of wishy-washy and a bit, you know, hippie, but whatever, man. I mean, I, for me, it's 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 refreshing to hear someone, an entrepreneur, talk about their family in you know, with such kindness and such love in their voice. And it's, I think it's something that mi- is missing in the business entrepreneurial space, that sort of greater reason for why we do what it is we do. So, yeah. Well, I, I hope you've seen that. You spent enough time with this, and I don't know, there's some big oversight for us not spending time again this year at Pressonomics in Phoenix. You yeah. Know? Uh, Lindsay was even saying, you're talking to Troy tonight? We missed him <laughs> at Phoenix. You know this, right? Uh, but I hope you also saw uh, genuineness is that I'm, I'm not – trying to say something I'm you know that we don't actually live and breathe so every year we bought our house that I'm sitting in now is like catty corner to a cemetery so we do a big uh, Halloween party every year and although there's a lot of people here from my themes um, it's a bigger event but typically what's nice is these people spend their working life with me nine to five eight to five whatever you call that and then decide it's really nice to know that they 
on their off time, they choose to be with each other and bikes, you know, and with me too and us. And it's really nice for them to be able to celebrate life with us. And so, you know, at Prestonomics this year, something that just kind of, I really tried to hammer home was that, you know, business and entrepreneurship is about alignment. And I know we're going to talk about this in a second probably, but you spend the most time in your life with people you work with. And so I decided when I started iThemes as we started building a team that I wanted to make sure um, I liked those people. <laughs> Absolutely. I wanted to spend time with them because we've all been in the situation, I think, where we've uh, spent time with jerks. And, yeah. man, life's too short for that. There's a cliche for you, but it is yeah. too short to spend it with people you just don't enjoy. And so, yeah. you know, I wouldn't say not everyone – you know, not everybody I think thinks I'm their best friend and vice versa, but there's that quality of just wanting to, you know, be together. And that's such an valuable thing for what we do. And then by extension, when we meet customers, I mean, it goes that far. Customers are family too, because they support us mm. doing what we do. This is a circular relationship. And so I don't know, you're getting me off on family, but anyway, that's, that's <laughs> some thoughts. And so it's just on that, just the last thing about family, how is it working with your wife? How do you balance how do you balance working with Lindsay? I've met Lindsay. I met Corey and Lindsay last year at Pressnomics, for those of you that don't know. Before you had Callaway, Lindsay was very pregnant, actually. So yes. I think you, you and I and James Collins were boozing in the bar till late, and then Lindsay, you know, Lindsay was a trooper. She was there right to the end drinking her soda water and whatever. She was being a, being a good girl. She's the best. Being a good girl. Uh, how, how is it, how's it been working with your wife? How, how's that been? What, what have you had to kind of negotiate there? or Have, have you managed that? So Lindsay was an entrepreneur before I I met her. She had a business at the time, and when our relationship started deepening, and we fell in love, and all that kind of stuff, and thinking about future, we just said, okay. Her journey in entrepreneurship was about a year and a half into it. She had just kind of got her business off the ground, and there were some pivotal things. She was in political fundraising, and um, my business was, you know, a lot more established. And you know, just through some just authentic conversations, felt like. We wanted to align our resources, our energy, and our time. We wanted to spend more time together than apart. Um, I wouldn't say I'm very thankful for what we have, um, but it's probably every relationship is different, and our relationship works really, really well working together because um, she's an entrepreneur at heart. She understands the life, the lifestyle, the business, and what the business does for us. So there's that reciprocal thing. Um, but it has been awesome. Um, you know, when we're dating, she kind of jokes about, uh, I said that if we weren't dating, I really wouldn't have hired you. I wanted, I would have wanted to hire you. And she's just like, you can't afford me. And (laughs) so that's kind of a joke with us. And so I married her and, uh, you know, forced her to fall in love with me and everything and the business (laughs) and our team and everything. But you know, that has been such a special relationship for us. Um, there, it's not all rainbows and unicorns and stuff like that um, but by and large it's just going back to the fundamental things we believe in is just good communication and I'm an advocate Troy I don't know if I've shared this with you personally but I'm an advocate for mental health mm. uh, mental health in the in the world is just whew. Mm. Spe- specifically in the United States there's probably not a day that goes by there's not some peak mental health thing so mm. and, she, and she gives me permission to say this so what we do is once a quarter minimum um, we go to we have a counselor that we mm. just talk to just that's because awesome. sometimes we realize we need some help you know just talking through things that's just life I mean part yep. of life is just conflict resolution <laughs> yep but um, that's been one specific component when I have the opportunity to share I do to say that I I practice what I preach and what I preach is mental health is a good thing yep. when you get sick you go to the doctor when you get the flu or you need something you need help with physically yep. you go to a physician with mental health it's, it's a, Anyway, I'm getting on for my soapbox. It's Troy, awesome, mate. Hey, man, I, you know what? I'm, I could sit here for days and talk to you about this kind of stuff, man. I mean, we'll eventually get back to WordPress. Um, yeah. You know, my, <laughs> my fiance is a, a psychologist. She's just finishing her, her degree, her master's in clinical psychology. Um, I'm a big advocate for it as well. Uh, you know, for me, it's, it's awesome. like you take your car to the mechanic once every three months and get it serviced and get it tuned up to make there sure it runs go. efficiently. That's why you go and see a counsellor however often you want to to make sure you're finely tuned and make sure you're functioning and operating and, and healthy. Um, so I, I'm, I'm, I didn't know that, but that's that's the first time you've told me that. But I thank you for sharing that because a lot of people don't want to talk about that stuff. And I think it's really important to talk about that stuff. So it takes a bit of courage to... Uh, to be able to talk about that stuff. So, you know, thank you for, for sharing it with us. Um, okay. 
Let's talk a little bit about iThemes. How does a newspaper journalist decide to start a theme company? <laughs> so when when I was uh, you know in uh, young, <laughs> um, my, I I looked up to two grandfathers who were businessmen. Um, one had a motorcycle dealership, um, and the other had a wholesale bait company for fishing, and um, totally different businesses, totally different styles, and all that kind of stuff. But uh, really looked up to them because of the lifestyle they were able to lead and what they were able to do. And that put the bug in me to like uh, be able to start my own business. Now, my grandfather that was, you know, they're both successful, but the grandfather that had the motorcycle dealership was wildly successful, did very well, was very well known in the community, and I always idolized him. And I thought, one day I want to do that. Now, he's an extrovert. I'm an introvert. He's a great salesperson. I had to learn that maybe and try to get decent at it over years. So, um, But my first love was not entrepreneurship. It was newspapers. It was getting ink on my fingers and writing. And so um, my first letter to the editor was at 16, and I just chased that dream and loved it loved having ink on my fingers loved building a product that at the end of the day somebody threw that into my driveway when i got home and so i chased newspaper journalism for the longest time and you know kind of like i told you i had my website and things like that along the way and started blogging more and more but the web was this and is this force to be reckoned with the the most amazing communication tool ever devised Mm. and um so I started my blog and I was like, you know, I want to add these skills. And so communications, PR, journalism were all kind of lumped into one, what I was doing. I would morphed into a journal- from a journalist over to communications and had been a part of some website redesigns, but not as a technician, just overseeing it. And I just wanted to learn web design. And so I used my blog to do that. And um, then all of a sudden, I saw this opportunity that I could actually start a business. And I had been freelancing for a couple of years, mostly in the writing realm of things. But when I started, I put my first theme out because I just wanted to learn. All this work started to get coming to me, and people wanting to hand me money to do work for them. I'm like, hey, I'm a hack. I barely know this stuff. Um, but that was a great time in WordPress and web design. And so I saw this opportunity to live this entrepreneurial dream and transition from this dinosaur that was dying. All the newspapers and magazines you know, still just had not converted had not realized that, not even converted, had, had not immersed themselves and embraced the technology of the internet that was just right there in their face. <laughs> and so um, so I just kind of, there was two things, learning this cool new skill called web design and then marrying it with this uh, fire for entrepreneurship that had been kind of bubbling up in me for the past, you know, 15, 20 years. And um, so I tell people, I was just you know, you take those two passions, learning, and then you take this entrepreneurial, you know, thing out here. And I tell people I was at the right time, at the right place, with the right partners, and I was ready. You know, that mm. that was not an overnight thing. It was building up to where when the when the university, you know, universe intersected and the opportunity came, I was like, push go, we're here, yeah. we're doing it. And so that's the long long answer to how a newspaper journalist transitions to start a theme company. Great, great story. Um, tell us the story behind why you built Backup Buddy. For those of you that have been living under a rock for the last, I don't know, however long it is, three or four years, there's this great plugin called Backup Buddy, which I'm not even going to explain what it does. You just have to go and use it. Um, I think every time I use it, I tweet, what did I ever do before Backup Buddy? But there's a story behind why you built Backup Buddy, yeah? Yeah. So probably about four years ago, this month, I think, if I get my timeline right, um, we had gone through a catastrophic server crash, and um, where hardware melted down, you know, just <laughs> just the doomsday scenario, and we had lost, we had client sites at the time on that box, uh-huh. and um, you know, Chris Gene, our lead guy, he he goes, hey, uh, he goes, I don't know what's going on. I'm trying to find out with our dedicated server. Um, company that our box is melted. It's just like it's dead. And come to find out, I think it was that first crash was a hardware thing. And Chris is the guy that does. I mean, he is so brilliant and um, so prepared and everything. But he was so busy. We we're all busy. We we're just overtaxed and everything. We didn't have any backups of those sites. And so we were just frantically trying to go to Google Cache. We could find Google had cached these sites, and we were literally copying and pasting, caching, 
cached sites from Google and pasting them into new sites. And uh, we just didn't have a good backup plan. So one of the things that came out of that was Chris was like, there's not a holistic backup solution for WordPress. There was ones that did backups, but we felt like there was three prongs to backups. Backups, restores. So what happens if you have a full backup but you don't have a restore function? Well, that to us is not a good backup strategy. Mm. If you just have backups but no easy way to restore the site, mm. and then also the migration feature, mm. backup, restore, and migration <clears throat> to be able to move stuff. And so through that painful, humbling experience, by the way, that happened twice. <laughs> the first catastrophic crash and the second one meltdown, just kind of a change ownership thing uh, on the back end of, I don't even know how to describe it, but it was bad. Two times this happened. We lost people's data. Thankfully, for our own sake, I guess selfishly, our main site was on a different uh, server or I don't know where it would be as a company today. But um, so out of that came Backup Buddy. Let's let's give people something that we didn't do ourselves and, you know, are guilty of. Mm. Not, you know, that's one thing you think you don't need it until you you need it, Mm. you know, until you've lost data. And so that's how Backup Buddy came to be. So it really was it really was designed to scratch your own itch, so to speak. Yeah, seeing our own mistake and realizing that every WordPress site needs a backup solution, whether they use Backup Buddy or not, they need a good solid backup strategy. Mm. And they're just back four years ago now. There there didn't exist something that did that. Mm. And so March of that year, four year, it'll be four in March this March. Yep. Um, that's when we released the first version of Backup Buddy. Dustin Bolton's the lead dev of that. Um, he started in January after all this catastrophic stuff happened. And we're like, what are we going to do with you, Dustin? And uh, we're like, hey, what about building a backup plugin? And um, we just come off these fresh experiences, and uh, he got to work about three minutes later, released Backup Buddy to the world, and uh, we've never stopped looking wow. back since. Well, on behalf of the WordPress community, I would like to thank you very much for Backup Buddy, my friend. <laughs> That's awesome. I love hearing that. It's so nice. Uh, so nice hearing that. Out of our own pain, it makes the pain go go better. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> You launched Exchange recently, a free WordPress e-commerce solution with paid extensions. Uh, Two things. Was this inspired by the WooCommerce model? And secondly, is this the future that you see for WordPress platforms, having a a free core piece of awesomeness and then having paid extensions? So was it inspired by WooCommerce? Yes, but also Easy Digital Downloads and what Pippin's done. Yeah. Those two great, you know, powerhouses in e-commerce. Uh, Pippin with Easy Digital Downloads and of course WooCommerce being the big heavyweight all-purpose like plugin. Absolutely, seeing what they've been able to do in a few short years has been pretty incredible. Um, so we started building Exchange back in January, and that was the thought. You know, that competitively there was products out there like WooCommerce Shop and different things that um, did a lot of things, and we just felt like the distribution model needed to be free at the time. Um, I tell people about Exchange though. So in, in so that's the first part of your question. The second part is, is this the future of WordPress platforms? I'm not sure. I, I, I'm not even sure it's right for us, to be honest with you. Uh, every single day we learn something new about the product and doing it this particular way. Uh, we spent four and a half years, five years now, um, doing one particular business model, and then we introduced to our customers a whole different model. And um, I'm not saying I regret it. I'm not saying I would... I, I, you know, could go back and change it anyway, uh, or anything like that. I'm not sure it's the future. Um, competitively, we just felt like we had to be there to compete in the market, give somebody kind of a, a free, awesome version to do one thing, and show that this thing could do so much more um, with the same philosophy and mentality we did. So, like version one, as you know, um, you can sell your digital products free with Exchange. There's PayPal and Stripe for free in the plugin um, and so we did that with the, the model that we would monetize through you know in-depth more deeper uh, features in e-commerce um, you know I think uh, the WordPress commercial market is is maturing you know every year just being at Pressonomics this year looking around the room seeing 200 250 people doing some really cool stuff from services to products in the same room together um, that was different. There was a handful of people back in 2008 doing commercial products, and now mm. that game has changed. It's become more competitive. I think it's a compelling model. I love it. 
Mm. The thought of putting a free product out there, getting a lot of users and being able to monetize, showing what you can do and what you can offer them, you know, a deeper level. Um, but we are so we're, – we're just, I think, in the middle of a journey of learning what that particular business model looks like yeah. with a long roadmap that's e-commerce. So we took on our biggest, biggest collaborative project ever in our company's history and gave it away. In July, mm. yeah. <laughs> so ask me, ask me in like six months where we're at. Um, but you know, ask where the ship is in six months. Because the thing with that model is, is, is you get distribution because you give away the core for free, and you you monetize through the extensions. But so, but the problem, so that model is very appealing because you get distribution immediately because you're giving away all this this bundle of awesomeness for free. But the problem with that model is you've then got to support. Even the stuff you're giving away for free, you've got to support. And there's a balance between how how do we sustain that? How much can we commercialize the extensions? How do we sustain keep giving away this free thing with the support that, that's going to happen from it? Yeah. So it's not all roses, it's, is it? No, it's not all roses. Um, maybe back three years ago, it might have been different. Mm. Um, you know, to see WooCommerce's success once they kind of forked Jigashop and did their iteration and added all these hundred thousand add-ons and everything. It's been very compelling and, and cool to see. Mm. Uh, they get a great business model. Seeing what Pippin's done almost by himself. Mm. Now he's got like over a hundred extensions now has been very compelling. And that's always been interesting to us. Um, but you know, part of that is just figuring out the business model. How do we, and that's a fancy term for, I think, how do we deliver um, value and, and still make a profit? Profit. That's uh, right. So, you know, we're we're not cash we're not positive on that revenue side for exchange. Thankfully, we have other things that allow us to invest in these cool yeah. uh, products for the future, but we knew there's a long roadmap going into it and we're invested for the future and excited about what's what's coming next with yeah. exchange. Let's talk about pricing for a second. <clears throat> How do you two things? This is a, like a double-edged question. How do you determine your pricing? Because I, I kind of got this theory that pricing is so arbitrary, you may as well just pull a number out of a hat. How do you determine your pricing? And second of all, how do you then communicate the value to the market to kind of justify or, or warrant the price tag that you put on a product? Yeah, great questions. I love these type of questions. Um, you know, everything at iThemes in our business is an experiment. So we approach everything as an experiment and try to get better at learning learning what works and what doesn't work because what worked back five years ago even doesn't work now. Mm. So with pricing specifically, this is something that I've enjoyed kind of being able to, um, you know, experiment with and work and see what, you know, what makes money and what doesn't make money. So in our first year, we tried to release themes that were $25. That did not work for mm. the support we give to people. That didn't work. Mm. Um, but, but we had to put that out there first to get some benchmarks. And so pricing products has been hard for us. We try to think, What's the support load going to be? What's the maintenance going to be? What is the development investment going into it? And then figure out, okay, part of it is mystery. Part of it is maybe some science. I don't know. But uh, in, in you know experience and knowing that we have five and a half years of data to go back to and track and see where things fly. You know, uh, the first iteration, I'm sad to say, a backup buddy was $25, like the first tier. Right. $25. <clears throat> How we were, we lost so much money probably on the fact that Dustin had to support so many people and the people around him. So many people in those first, you know, the thousands of people potentially at $25, there's no way. If mm. he had to respond to one support ticket, we lost money because this time is worth so much more to us. Correct. Um, so I think a large part of it is mystery putting it out there. We're learning that with exchange and so on. Let's put some price points out here. These are what some of the competitors do. This is what we think the value is. And this is what we think we can actually make money with and see where it hits. And so big part of mystery, um, you know, the magic eight ball uh, is the, <laughs> you know, the magic eight ball you can go to Walmart and buy that you shake it and you ask a question and it gives you an answer. Um, that's what I feel like sometimes. <laughs> you, you use that analogy at Pressnomics, actually. I was chuckling away when you said that, yeah. So, I, I get in trouble doing stuff like that live. And, and so, But uh, Magic 8-Ball, man, I, you know, it's so hard. Services, I feel like, are uh, a little bit different, maybe, more defined when I was doing service work. Um, but that's the first part of your question. And for me, honestly, Troy, it's like 60% mystery testing experimentation and the 40% is the data you get back 
But there's a road, you know, there's a timeline where it's like, okay, well, how long do we test that price point? And then, so I think there's a lot of gut that goes back into that mystery, you know, part of it. Um, the second part of your question is about value, and I love that question because that's where, you know, anybody that – I feel like anybody that thinks they've got that dialed in perfectly is probably uh, a little bit prideful because the value thing is constantly shifting with um, the environment, the market, the customers and all that kind of stuff. So even service people that have been doing it for thousands of years or whatever, I, I, you know, still that's a constantly evaluating process to figure out – what is the value somebody will bring? Because so if we charge $100, okay, so back up, buddy, to you, for instance, mm. you'd pay, let's say I've had people tell me it's too cheap. Mm. I'd pay $500, I'd pay $1,000 for that. Okay, mm. great. But the other people that sustain our business would not pay for that. Mm. But that's our job as entrepreneurs to say, how do we showcase the value, share the results, the benefits, the outcomes, um, how the customer gets transformed by that, what experience they're going to have. And that's a hard one. To, for somebody to say they've dialed it in is, I don't know, probably a little bit more more confident or arrogant than I am. Um, we're t- constantly trying to dial that in because customers perceive your products and services differently mm-hmm. than you. And you have to get into their mindset. And I think that's so hard. That comes with years of experience and just getting to know your customers. So um, anyway, I'm a big proponent about selling value and selling results but that's not an easy equation always to get dialed in on. Mm. I need to join your program <laughs> and, and learn because I, I love learning because I think everybody has a different experience and their approach to it. And uh, it boils down to um, probably I think I, I don't know. I should ask you this question: um, uh, How confident and what do you think you're worth? And then matching that with the customer and making sure they'll be willing to to spend that money. You know, it's that a you really think you're worth. that's a really interesting point and I think it's easier when you sell services because I take the approach that my consulting services are worth x and if you don't want to pay that then you're not the right customer for me with products it's a little harder um you know I I, there's a couple of things that occur to me first of all I think backup buddy is too cheap I you know it, 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 and I think there are so many plugins that are too cheap. Gravity Forms is too cheap, for God's sake. Carl, if you're watching this, put your prices up, um, <laughs> please. Um, yeah. It's ridiculous how much time Gravity Forms and Backup Buddy, it is ridiculous how much time those products save you and how cheap they are to buy, right? Now, this is not me pumping up your tires. I don't need to do that. But, uh, you know, how do you... The thing is, if you put your price up, if Backup Buddy was 500 bucks, you might lose 80% of your customers, but then also you lose 80% of your support tickets. How do you yeah. balance, say, okay, well, if we do that, we're still going to make the same revenue and the same profit, but we're going to have less customers, less support. Here's another question. that So I, I think with products, it's an, ongoing, it's an ongoing experiment, finding the value point and finding that that right, the, finding the sweet spot. I mean, the guys, I was talking to Shane Pellman from Modern Tribe recently, they've just incrementally been putting their prices up and they haven't had any pushback. So they haven't found the sweet spot yet. And the value, again, Events Calendar Pro, you buy that thing, you install it, man, you realize that thing just saved you three weeks of development and it costs, what, 65 bucks? Come on, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy. so, so the, the other interesting question that just occurred to me regarding Backup Buddy is, is there scope to turn Backup Buddy into a serve at like a service app, a software as a service app? So you you know you just sign up for the Backup Buddy service, and it does all of that stuff automatically on your website without you having to actually do anything. There's components in there. We want to make it easier and easier for customers um, as best we can. There's a component in there already called Stash. I mean, we do. Um, you know, you can back up your sites, full sites, off-site to Amazon S3, Dropbox, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but we built one ourselves to make it so easier for people. That would probably be the – it's called Stash, by the way. And, and that would probably be the component of stat, uh, Stash SaaS, SaaS that you're talking about um, where, you know, we give a gig of storage away and back buddy for that. And, you know, as it relates to value and things, so what we're trying to do is showcase value and make things easier for people while they understand they want to renew every single year so they continue to get all the benefits of um, everything we do and add to Backup Buddy, including the support, plus keep adding value to it. You asked about value specifically. So we're trying to find ways in all of our products, you know, um, to continue to add value where people say, you are the irresponsible 
irreplaceable, indispensable partner for what we do. And so that part of Backup Buddy, um, you know, obviously it's part of longevity toward what we do. If people are backing up with our plugin, um, you know, year after year, that's good for business because it's yeah. hard to get an initial customer in the door to sell that customer for the first time. And we want to maximize that customer. It's so tough getting that first one through the door. And so as long as we can keep them with us, partnering with us for the long term, that's key. I don't know if that specifically answered your question, but yeah, we're adding those type of components, features, not necessarily SaaS stuff, but when we can, we do because that's a good thing for us to bolster our business as we go along. But with the purpose of the higher purpose is making people's lives awesome, making sure we're driving value back down to them, offering something that gives them the result and the benefit they're looking for. Mm. Right on. Uh, if someone was starting out and uh, approached you and said, hey, Corey, I'm just starting a WordPress business. Should I sell themes or plugins? What would you advise? <laughs> uh, today? Yeah. I would say probably plugins. Um, you know, themes are, I think, so drowning in competition right now. Uh, you know, I, I, t I give the example not to to demean any front-end developer or designer or whatever, but if I can build a theme, most anybody can build a theme. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, that market is pretty commoditized, I think, um, with the different marketplaces and all the, the theme and competition out there today. Plugins are a little different, but th that requires skill sets and, and um, knowing, like, for instance, Backup Buddy and Exchange, it's not just building that plugin. It's knowing how the servers, all the infinite amount of servers out there config configure differently interact with that and being able to troubleshoot problems because problems do happen mm. anybody that says there's no bugs in software is a ridiculously arrogant misguided developer that thinks that there's no bugs in their software that's mm. ridiculous there is a bug sitting out there they just haven't been told about it um so to have that skill set that's that is pretty deep back in PHP stuff. That's a harder market, and I think um, it's becoming more crowded. Though every single day, I see a plugin or something, you know, new that does something really cool, like Optin Monster by Thomas Griffin. Mm. Man, I'm I'm really uh, uh, res respectful of uh, that talent mm. that's been able to build some cool stuff. Where we try to build a team, you know, have a team and try to go do stuff together. Um, but that that's becoming pretty com competitive too. How important is the premium theme? And we, we spoke a little bit about this last year, I think, at Pressnomics. How important is the premium theme and plug-in industry to the future success and expansion of WordPress? I think it's absolutely vital to have a mature, healthy commercial side of businesses or, or uh, commercial side of WordPress is key. Um, I think we've added a lot to it because the open source business model might not be brand, brand new. But it's still maturing. You know, there's not mm. a lot of mo examples out there of good open source. To me, a you know a wide range of business models to look at in the open source market. I mean, you know, uh, open source in the WordPress context is GPL, mm. and so you know that's giving away your entire product essentially with the license and stuff. And so I think that's still developing. But I think that is key to what we do. Finding a way to monetize the platform in a way that provides value to customers and then in a profitable manner, sustainable manner to the business to keep doing that. So plugins, for instance, you know, um, when we released Backup Buddy uh, almost four years ago now, one of the biggest plugin authors in WordPress with like hundreds of thousands of downloads basically put up a blog post and said, I've been doing this as a student and I'm getting ready to get a full-time job. And I'm not guaranteeing anything. And, you know, free com is, is with the free price tag. It's There's nothing guaranteed, mm. support or anything. And so he was basically saying, I've been doing this as my passion product project, projects, I should say. And he was tra transitioning to a full-time job. Now, there's a lot of plugins out there that, you know, can't be funded by, you know, a venture-backed um, company mm. <laughs> or a you know, there's not a lot of those out there, especially especially in WordPress. So I think it's absolutely vital to have a healthy, growing commercial market that continues to extend uh, WordPress platform because WordPress should not do everything. Mm. I'm not saying it shouldn't do some of the products we do, but I'm but it should not do everything. That's the premise of why I love WordPress in the first place is because it's simple, lightweight software. Mm. The moment that changes, and you know ideologies and philosophies and strategies start to mix a little bit is when we start losing the community, the people that really drive 
WordPress. So yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's I think it's very very vital to the health and success of WordPress. Yeah. I mean, uh, Google Analyticator, uh, we took over the development of that uh, about a year ago because the developer got a full-time job and couldn't keep up the development yeah. of it anymore. The Google API was changing. I use it on client sites. We're in a position where we could afford to take over the development of it and keep it going because we have a commercial strategy based on other WordPress-based products. So um, the interesting thing that I, I want to ask, though, is if another CMS overtook WordPress, if another CMS came along and just blitzed WordPress for you know some reason, do you think we'd all abandon WordPress and just go make plugins and themes for that? I think I would. I can just speak for myself. I'd be very compelled to do so. Not maybe abandon, because um, you know, June explore was good, maybe. I'm sorry. Explore the opportunity maybe. Oh yeah, uh, and I think it would be compelling that if something did overtake or even get close. You know, Joomla is a distant second. Yeah. <laughs> Drupal is a distant second or third. Yeah. I mean, distant, distant. So, you know, I think Tumblr is the one that maybe made me think about it, but just because it was just strictly a very simple blogging platform. But I, um, I think it would be compelling not to say that we would. I would particularly abandon WordPress as long as there's people willing to pay That's in a way that sustains our business. Um, but, you know, if another CMS got close – to WordPress, and I'm saying like surpass Joomla, then it's something I think we should all probably look at, and we specifically would look at. Mm. Um, my heart's in WordPress. I love WordPress, but we just know nothing lasts forever. That's right. You know, nothing lasts forever. Yeah. Now, I want WordPress to last forever. I want it, and it will. I mean, you know, it's open source software, so hopefully mm. it will, some iteration of it will last forever. Mm. But the reality of that is um, I want it to go on forever, but nothing yeah. lasts forever. Markets change. Um, let's talk a little bit about freelancing. Uh, your this is a nice segue. Your new ebook is called "Essential Career Advice Develop for Developers." Essential career advice for developers, and you say there are ten, ten <clears throat> excuse me, there are ten key takeaways uh, that I'll let I'll put a link under the show notes and people can go and check it out because I think it's definitely worth a download and it's a free download, right? Yes. Right. Yes. So my question is: before we get into the elevation round, my question is. Uh, why do you bother spending time and money putting out free content like this? Is it just all about driving traffic to iThemes and selling more product? I don't. Even, I think iThemes is mentioned in that ebook, but really, it's first and foremost you know, a passion of mine. I've worked with some very talented developers in, in my time at iThemes. I love developers. I love talking to developers. This is a great article. You should Google um, why software is um, eating the world, and it's a great reason why. See, I, I confess that I am not a technician. I'm not a programmer by any means. I'm a business person. I'm a marketing person. I'm someone that's learned those skills in order to work with developers, give them an environment to free them to do what they do best. But having said that, I love software. I love building software. And I think um, developers, um, as we've tried to hire and we've interviewed different developers, some worked out, some haven't worked out. Um, just trying to provide some advice for how to be a great developer because I admire the intelligence, the brilliance of many of the developers I've met. Um, I can't do that. I'm jealous. You know, I can't. I don't have that. That part of my brain never formed. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so I did that just because. One, I want to make my life a little bit easier. Some young, talented person that potentially wants to work at iThemes, I want them to know these things. Some potential person that could build the software that's going to make my life better, make my life awesome, I want to make them understand how to work in the world of people. You know, software is awesome, code's awesome. So I think it drives that. Um, it's an audience that I just happen to love. I love developers, the weirdest people in the entire wor world, but some of the most genuine, genuinely mm. awesome people <clears throat> and so talented, and they can change the world. And mm. so knowing they can change the world, that's why I want to contribute that. So, yeah, it, it does have, you know, selfish things in the background there, but first and foremost it's helping make um, developers better so that they can change the world. Awesome. All right, let's quickly drill through our Elevation Round. For those of you that don't know, we have a program called WP Elevation. It's a business accelerator program that helps WordPress consultants build a business as a WordPress freelancer, WordPress consultant. So uh, here's a series of quick questions, just the first thing that comes into your head. What's the number one thing any freelancer or consultant needs to know? Work-life alignment. Make sure your work and your life is aligned, not balanced. Balance is different. 
Mm. It's never going to balance. Something's going to be tipped. Alignment is about making sure your life and your work align so that you achieve your hopes, dreams, and goals in life. Nice. What's the best thing you've ever done to find new customers? Ship. (laughs) Put work out in the world and let people criticize you for it. The potential to be criticized. You'll be often surprised. So what's the best thing to find new customers is ship something worth them responding and someone seeing that. Ship something remarkable, even if it's probably not. Yeah. (laughs) You'll learn from that. Yeah. But yeah, shipping is the reason why I'm talking to you, Troy. Yeah. Because I I decided to put my first theme out there and everything's just kind of momentum by that. My first blog post, I pushed publish, I shipped. Yeah. um, Was the first thing, you know, for us to even have this conversation. Yeah. Right on. How do you stop competing on price? Create more value than the other person. Um, but it, it goes back to, you know, this is a fast round, but it goes back to what you said is sell on value, sell on result and outcome and benefit. Always be selling on result, outcome and benefit. And sharing the cost benefit to that is, is huge. Mm. Uh, any tips on writing better proposals? Well, you know, same thing. Think about results. So you're not just building a website that's going to cost $5,000. You're delivering a result. What is the result? Put that at the top. That's your lead sentence on that proposal. In the email, in the conversation is, Mm. this will help you blank. You know, whatever the measurable result, the thing that they can actually visualize that they want most. That's not. That's what you're selling. You're not selling a $5,000 website that does has a contact form and gravity forms and backup buddy and, you know, all this SEO stuff. No, no, you're selling a result, and if you can get to that, that's going to help you write a better proposal. You still need the technical details, but make sure you sell that result that's, first. For that's foremost. gold. I'm totally going to steal that. Um, favorite tool or system for CRM? Um, I don't have one. I wish I could tell you I was better organized than that, <laughs> um, but but I'm not. Um, so we just look at you know we try to provide customized dashboards internally so we know what results and our scoreboard internally but i don't know if i have a favorite crm or tool what's your favorite crm um because i need to know this well at the moment i'm using contactually which um yeah is the word contact and the word actually in one contactually and it the thing i like about it is it reminds you it allows you to put people in certain buckets and then it reminds you to follow people up and it allows you to do that all and allows you to email people all within the app. So it gets me out of my inbox Ooh. and it tells me, hey, today you should email these five people because you haven't been in touch with them for a while. I just wrote that down. Mm, it's good. Contactually, is good. Um, what's the best way to keep a project or a client on track? Um, deadlines. I, this is just life. Anybody that is responsible for doing something for someone else is just deadlines, good deadlines, and good communication within those deadlines, and making sure expectations are level. So if there's a deadline, you know, asking good questions, what do you think ships on that day, and clarifying, because managing expectations is where you get off and where people tend to have conflict is when I thought this, but you said this, and those things aren't aren't right. So keeping a client on track would be um, – Understanding the deadlines and the deliverables for that. Specifically, you're asking for clients and client work and things like that. I would say just knowing what the what needs to happen on their side and your side and making sure you do communicate good communication along the way with good deadlines. Right. Any ideas for getting referrals? Ask. <laughs> I mean, you deliver good work. It's so true. <laughs> deliver good freaking work. And then just ask. What's amazing is that I think a lot of people don't ask. And when I realized this was a shift within me, I wasn't born with this particular skill set or whatever, is just when I realized that, I don't know if it's in a book or whatever, I, I love books and I read books for wisdom, you know, concentrated wisdom for a fraction of the price for hiring that person. Um, <laughs> uh, when, when someone just said ask, I mean, you, you're just not asking. So I think a lot of people that ship good work just simply don't go – once that client says, dang, Troy, I, oh my gosh, you blew my mind on this. It was so awesome. Great. Do you know anybody else that could help You know, yeah, be benefited right. by this service? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some friend that you really want to make look? So I think ship good work and then ask. I th- you, just, you, just, you just said something there that's really important though. Instead of saying, do you know anyone else who you can refer to me? 
asking, do you know anyone else I can help? I think that's an important distinction to make. There you go. Mm. That's good. Yeah, help with the result you got. Yeah. Yeah. Like, don't you know someone else you want to give this gift to? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) What's the number one thing you can do to differentiate yourself? For me, it's it's just been being me. I mean, you know, there's a quote that floats around on the web, Oscar Wilde, whatever, um, says, be yourself, everybody else is taken. <laughs> so I realized that. <laughs> uh, you've never heard that? I've never heard that, that one. I, that's I, I love it. I love it. That's great. Uh, be yourself, everybody else is taken. Oh, there's awesome. only one of you. And so, like, if you and I, Troy, are competing at, on the same exact things, the uh, I should use somebody else because you're my friend. And I don't want to compete against you. But if we're if we're on the same level, same thing, so that we both deliver, then I want my client to like me better. Yeah. Because I'm genuine. I yep. want them to like me better because of who I am yep. and what I've given to them. So. Yep. And there's you know this occurred to me about exchange too, right? So uh, something that Noah Kagan said when he was out here in Melbourne recently at a startup conference: the world's a big place and there's lots of people. So you could have pretty much a similar business model to WooCommerce or EDD where the core is free and the extensions are paid. But guess what? There's a whole bunch of people who are never going to buy from WooThemes or Pippin because they're your customer and they love you and they just want to buy your stuff. So it might be competition, but you've got your own kind of tribes that you're leading and that you're working with. Yep. You hit it. Yeah, cool. All right. Hey, uh, just before we wrap up, what's the future for iThemes, man? Five years is like looking into a crystal ball, and I'm not a prophet. So um, that that's fortune telling that I don't know. What about I, next week? I, uh, yeah. Well, I, I'll tell you this future-wise. is just doing – taking risks on new stuff, iterating current stuff, but just enjoying life serving people that we like with people that we really love and care about. And so if we're doing that in five years, ten years, I'm going to be happy. Something I'm passionate about doing. Next week is like shipping new products, iterating on the current ones, making sure we're continually serving the customer, do, you know, providing the results they're looking for us to provide. So that's next week. Um, guess check out for exchange. Let's see. <laughs> I got a laundry list for you. Always be shipping. Always, Always be, shipping. be shipping. That's what we do. And what's the future of WordPress look like for you? Man, mobile is going to have a huge – it already has a huge influence, but how the web – I think the bigger picture is the future of the web, what that looks like. When you see people carrying around devices and you know these tablets becoming pretty much like desktop powerhouses, you know, equivalent to a desktop powerhouse, that is uh, – I want to say scary, but it's not. It's, it's, it's an exciting future. Now, where that goes, I have no idea, but mobile – tablet this thing the shift away from a desktop where people don't buy desktops anymore they buy an ipad or a google whatever google's version of that is and so you know how wordpress transitions with that is going to be key i hope we help shape that i hope we help lead that and um, you know if wordpress continues to do what it always does make web publishing easy then i think the future is bright mm. Awesome. Hey, um, just before we say goodbye, I want to give the details on how to uh, enter this competition. So Corey is sponsoring a dev license of the Builder product, which you should check out at iThemes.com. In order to win the competition, leave some feedback underneath this video and tell us the one thing that you would like to see in exchange moving forward. So the one extension that you want to see or the one critical feature that you need to see rolled into exchange, the exchange platform, leave that, that the comment underneath the video. I'll get Corey to swing by in a week or so and award the prize. Sound good? Sounds awesome. Awesome. Hey, uh, what's the number one piece of advice you would give any entrepreneur starting out? Um, golly, you stumped me. This is the one I usually love. Number one piece of advice is uh, the work-life alignment. I'm sorry. That's, that's yeah. the one. It's just make sure that you and your partner, whoever that is, a spouse, significant other, Troy, I know you have a significant significant other yeah. with big plans I hear from Lindsay on the way. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is so awesome to hear. <laughs> but rallying with that person, that's your first partner is your spouse, significant other, and making sure your your life goals and ambitions are accomplished most effectively and efficiently through the work you're going to be doing is going to, I think, I feel in my experience, 
has helped benefit me the most. Awesome. Work-life alignment. Awesome. And where can people uh, reach out and say thanks to you, Corey? Yeah, uh, Twitter, Corey Miller 303 or uh, Corey, C-O-R-Y at iThemes.com. Awesome. And finally, who would you like me to try and interview and why? Let's see. I'm going to give you somebody good. Ah, man, I, I should have looked at your list, Roy, beforehand. <laughs> well, um, one of my best friends I don't think you've interviewed is Lisa Sabin Wilson. No, I haven't, um, but I spoke to her at Pressnomics about it, actually. So, yes, awesome. She goes way back in WordPress. She was a registered nurse doing web design on the side, doing hospice work. I mean, very, very hard work, and has developed one of the most successful personal brands entities she's written mm. books that have been bestsellers and now partnering with web dev studios brian mess and uh, brad williams over there they're killing it but lisa is one of my dear friends and such an awesome interview you got to interview her and i'll help you i'll bend her bend her arm give She'll her be a nudge because i'll be yeah, with, yeah give her a nudge lisa sabine wilson i'm coming to get you for the wp elevation <laughs> podcast courtesy of Corey miller hey Corey, thank you very much for spending some time with us on the podcast man i really appreciate it and wish you all the best with iThemes and exchange and everything you guys do moving forward thanks Troy. cheers